InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Many Americans are suffering from the effects of trauma and stress. Research shows these can be passed along from one generation to the next. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Professor Marielle Bouquet, a trauma-informed psychologist trained at Columbia University. She's now out with the book Break the Cycle, A Guide to Healing Intergenerational Trauma. Professor, I think most of us understand that some parents pass their unhealthy emotional hurts to kids, but you say these can be transmitted to entire communities? Give us examples. Yes, The thing about intergenerational trauma is that it passes on from generation to generation without being addressed, so much so that it can actually start becoming what can look like culture and community values or community practices. For example, in families in which we are socialized to believe that we don't talk about family secrets outside of the family. And that basically perpetuates the idea that we can't have discussions, let's say, like with a therapist about anything that's bothering us that's family related or anything that's bothering us that may be trauma. That creates the space for the perpetuation of that trauma because it doesn't allow the trauma to actually go on addressed. A person may not actually seek help with a therapist or a healer or someone that can actually be helpful. And what winds up happening, usually the biggest risk and the biggest consequence of unaddressed trauma is transmission. Now, on the individual level, how common is it for people who transmit their unhealed emotional issues to also transmit unhealthy coping habits as well, such as drinking or drug abuse? It's incredibly common because a lot of what we know about behavioral trauma responses are responses that are, in essence, modeled by parents and are inherited or taken on by their children, especially as they start emerging into adulthood, is that a lot of these are behaviors that are reflected in their home, like drinking in order to numb inconvenient emotions or like yelling in order to really get some of the emotional tension out. These kinds of patterns tend to be reflected in families. And then when the children absorb those as the general way one ought to be whenever one's experiencing stress, they start engaging in similar behavioral patterns in their generation. You say our body's DNA can become altered due to life stressors that either happened to us or originally perhaps parents or grandparents. Very briefly for us laymen, how does that happen? Well, it happens at the, of course, the cellular level, but It happens by way of not just our genetic expressions, meaning the ways that our genes turn on or off in reference to our environment, but also by way of cellular memory that actually gets transmitted forward. So we actually, whenever we're conceived, and it's basically that very first moment of our lives, we are actually conceived with genetic markers or genetic messages from each parent. And if either parent had actually undergone a persistent period of stress or had undergone an experience of trauma that was unresolved and they continue to experience a lot of emotional tension as a result, it could have actually shown up in their genetic encoding and 
upon conception, that genetic messaging would have been transferred over to their children. And what that means in essence is that their children could have just had specific markers that could have predisposed them to stress and trauma, meaning For example, lower cortisol levels, which have been correlated or connected to PTSD symptoms later in life. And so all of that can be a part of, you know, the genetic messaging. We're visiting with Professor Marielle Bouquet, a trauma-informed psychologist who's now out with the book Break the Cycle, a guide to healing intergenerational trauma. Professor, is there anything a person can do to reverse the cellular changes that result from trauma? Yes, so we know a lot about reversibility in reference to the ways that we actually can start not only thinking, but behaving, and also the ways in which we can start depositing better things into our bodies in order to help our bodies regenerate. So what that means is that we would actually engage in the process of trying to heal the emotions that linger from trauma, of course. But in addition to that, we can also engage in body-based practices that are somatic-based practices that can help us to also release the tension that's in our bodies that's captured mostly in our nervous system. Let's drill down on those. To break the cycle of abuse, you advise, first off, that we recognize the patterns of it. So let's drill down and take one example, someone who intentionally creates chaos. What are specific things a traumatized person could recognize and identify as a problem, things that perhaps he or she simply got used to dealing with? Well, one such example could be being used to codependent behaviors, perhaps because that's what you saw growing up, right? So codependent meaning that even if it's unconscious, you may use other people's presence or words to actually soothe your emotions because you may lack a capacity to actually self-soothe. And after identifying the traumatic patterns, then how does a person end the trauma or at least cope with it? Well, a person needs to always consider working through the trauma in mind, body, and spirit. So within the mind, of course, you're identifying the patterns and you're really calling yourself out time and again when those patterns continue to surface. But we also have to attend to the nervous system and the ways in which a lot of our nervous systems are programmed to be in a threat response. And that's going to be something that's going to be really important for us to understand in the process of self-soothing. In addition to that, it's really important to also connect with individuals that are good for our mental health and our healthy and grounding relationships that we can also hold on to. So it has to be on all levels. Including, I believe, you espouse holistic approaches like using sound waves. I thought this was very interesting. What do those sound waves do for a person suffering from trauma? Well, a sound medicine is actually a very ancient practice that has been used across the globe to help to create vibrations within the body to almost kind of like bring the body back to balance. So the use of sound bath meditations within my practice and within the book are very strategically placed in order to also help in mind and body to help a person to feel more grounded and more settled. Do most forms of abuse typically begin in childhood? A lot of them do. What we know from the Adverse Childhood Experiences questionnaire that's been massively distributed throughout, especially the U.S., is that there is a lot of trauma that occurs in our childhood years. And being a person that has suffered childhood trauma, there is a risk involved in also perpetuating that same trauma onto one's children. And so we know that 
there's a lot that's happening in a person's childhood years and their infancy that can actually have an adverse impact in their adult life. Is childhood abuse particularly damaging in that children might expect parents to protect them, and when they fail to do so, is that a type of abandonment or a violation of trust? Well, trust is one of the most fundamental aspects of human existence and especially fundamental aspects of relationships. So trust is the one thing that can get so deeply disrupted within a child's life that can actually make it so that holding on to relationships or having healthy bonds within their adult lives can feel really compromised, which is why trust has to be a part of also the healing protocol, because it just happens to be such a major part of what tends to be fractured when the people that we believe are there to care for us and to help us feel like the world is safe may be the ones that are actually making the world feel unsafe. Professor Marielle Bouquet, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, scientific research on how to live longer. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.